Good morning. Welcome to me. So I was reading in my contract this morning and it said the pastor is personally responsible for the heat in the auditorium. So I'm sorry, okay? Elders must have slipped that in. I invite you to take your Bibles this morning and turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, as we head into this beginning series, it's page 897, if you're using a Bible that you found in the pew. And what we're talking about for the next couple of weeks here is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that word gift is really intentional. How many of you like getting gifts? Oh, man. You know, so uh, I, we, you take those uh, love language assessments, and, and I actually test as my primary love language as being acts of service. But I th I'm thinking it's changing since Lancaster County has changed into gifts uh, to gifts. Because I tell you what, about every couple of days, something shows up uh, uh, here at the church or at home, and I'm like, ooh, what's in there? Don't touch that. It's not for you. Oh, okay. I'm just, uh, I love getting gifts. Uh, and and since, since I've got here, um, the gifts have been primarily, um, well, cookies, nuts, apple cakes, meals, gift cards, gift cards to restaurants, gift cards to specialty stores. Um, you guys are amazing. Tell you what, I'm never going to get thick or thin. I'm, never gonna, I'm already getting thick. I'm never going to get thin in Lancaster County. Maybe next year's gift to me could be a gym membership. <laughs> Might need that. But I, I, I do love getting gifts. I think you probably do too. But then I discovered the coolest thing. You know, we've got a mailbox system here. And, and I, I took this. So whoever's in charge of this, please, I'll get it back. But the mailbox system at the church is so cool. You get, you get a mailbox, and people put cards in it, and information from the church, and, and, and uh, information from some of our, the ministries that we support. But then there's this thing on the side. It's called a mailbox stone. How many of you have ever gotten a mailbox stone? Hmm? Yeah. It says, please take a stone and put it into the mailbox of the person your package is for. Place your package be behind the cupboard door that corresponds with the first letter of their last name. Remember, if you get a stone, look for your package and then replace it. And the, so a couple of weeks ago, I looked and there was a stone in our mailbox. And I'm looking and there was a package and it was, it was a, I, I think the, the most recent one was a, a jar of, of mixed nuts, which was awesome. And my daughter and I fought over the Brazil nuts. So it's what we, it's what we do. Well, I've got good news for you. If you like getting gifts like me, um, Jesus has a gift for you. In fact, uh, he's already given it to you. It's a, your, your mailbox already has a stone in it. It's waiting for you. And this gift is the gift of the Holy Spirit. God gives it to us at the point of salvation. In fact, um, if you're at John chapter 14, let's read a little bit, just, just the, the first verse, which talks about how the Holy Spirit is actually a gift. It says, and I will ask the Father, this is Jesus speaking, okay? And he says, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. So the great news is, is at the point of salvation, at the point that you placed your faith in Jesus, God gave you an amazing gift. Jesus has a gift for you. The mailbox uh, stone is, was placed into your spiritual mailbox. 
He gave it to you, the Holy Spirit. Now, um, let's look, okay, okay, this is a, maybe this was a one-off in Scripture. Is, is there any other portion which talks about this? Well, well there is. Let's look, look just a little bit deeper. Uh, in, in Luke 11, verse 13, Jesus is teaching, and this is in the actual context of giving and receiving gifts. He says, so if your sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for him? And so if you receive gifts from your, from your parents, teens, your heavenly Father already has a gift for you, and he's given it to you if you've accepted him as Savior. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let's move on. Acts 2.38 tells, uh, repent, uh, Peter says, and each of you will be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there's a gift. One last one, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12, and we have received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit, so that we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. And so God has given us this thing, this, 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 this gift, this tool called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a wonderful gift. Um, here are some of the things that the Holy Spirit does. And Steve was referring to uh, earlier that, that he also gifts us, which we'll get into in a couple of weeks. But this is what God's gift to you that he's already given you is for. Uh, the Holy Spirit gifts us. 1 Corinthians 12. He fills us. We're going to talk about that. He teaches us. He empowers us. He guides us. He assures us. He prays for us. All of these are things that the Holy Spirit does. You know, I would hate to get... Uh, so all of us have had um, have someone in the family who gives gifts who really doesn't quite get it. You know? And you're like, oh, how nice. Hey. Oh, that was so thoughtful. Or, oh, that's different. These, these are words that you say when you don't like it. Okay, right. You know? And, and, uh, and I, I tell you what, I've been guilty of that as much with my kids as, as perhaps you have. And, you know, it comes Christmas time and you're cleaning out their closet and you find in the original packing that thing that you spent money on and it was never, ever used. Well, what a tragedy it would be, okay, for us to get to the end of our Christian life and, and be ushered into, and, and of course, God was faithful and, and, and all of that. And, and we find that we never use the gift that God gave us. It's still in its original packing. And so this series is kind of about unwrapping this packing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Now, I guess I have a question for you. I mean, that's, that's, that, that, that all makes sense. We've heard this all of our lives. But let me ask you this. To kind of, do you believe, do you believe down to your toes right now that you have a gift? Or is this, not, this thing about the Holy Spirit just kind of like polite theological fiction? Do you know what it's like to engage the Holy Spirit? Have you ever recognized or experienced his ministry? Have you ever relied on him for strength? The Holy Spirit is yours to claim because God has given you this amazing gift. The second thing, though, I think that this passage talks about is not just that the Holy Spirit is a gift, 
but it's that the Holy Spirit is our helper. This tells us why God gave us the gift. Notice the verse that we read in verse 16 of chapter 14, and I will ask the Father, he will give you another advocate. Now, that's, that's what our, our uh, uh, English translation uses, but it's actually a really super broad word. Um, so I have the word helper there. Um, some, some English translations talk about comforter or the counselor or the advocate. It's the Greek word uh, parakaleo, which means one who comes alongside to help. And so uh, um, icy weather is a great example of when we get parakaleos. Right, so you, so my wife uh, is wearing these very well. She doesn't really do this, but but if she were wearing those very high impractical heels, right, and and there was ice, she would say, "Ooh, ooh let me grab your arm," right. And so I grab her arm, she grabs mine, and I help her to the car. What am I doing for her? I'm being her parakaleo. I am coming alongside to help her. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit is all about. He is there to help us. So when we need guidance. The Holy Spirit is there to counsel. When we mess up, you ever mess up? He's our advocate, the, the, the one who bails us out. He, when we need practical help, he's there to teach us. When we're weak, he's there to strengthen us. When we're upset, he's there to comfort us, to be our companion. And this is what relationship with God is like. God, uh, by his very nature, he becomes for us what we need in the moment. I'd love to do a series sometime here on the, on the names of God, you know? Because uh, so many times the names of God uh, reveal to us who he is. Jehovah Rapha, God is my healer. Uh, Jehovah Nissi, God is my banner. And, and the wonderful thing about relationship with God is that the Holy Spirit comes to us in our greatest moment of need, and he strengthens us. But notice... He's our helper, but it goes on to say he, he will never leave you. So he's with us forever. Do you realize that the Bible teaches that from the moment that you receive Jesus Christ as Savior until you see Jesus face to face, you are never alone. That God himself is with you. Now, I don't think that we typically walk around with that kind of a knowledge. We think, well, God's kind of with, uh, like, super Christians, you know. Or, well, he's with pastors, those who have gone to, to as we learned last week, cemetery. You know? that's, 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 that's who the Holy Spirit, that's who the presence of God. No, no. The Holy Spirit is standard issue for every believer. It's not like that premium, you know, like, it's not like leatherback seats uh, for, your, for your car, or, or uh, you know, it's come, the Holy Spirit comes standard issue, not reserved for super Christians, not a premium accessory or an expensive add-on. He's for you. The Holy Spirit is for you. So I want you to just, just turn to the person beside you and say, uh, I've got the Holy Spirit with me right now. All right. This time, this time Craig, I want you to say it like you mean it. Uh, everybody again, come on. All right. All right. The Holy Spirit is with us. He is here with you right now. He will be with you forever. Now, so the Holy Spirit is a gift. 
The Holy Spirit is there to help you. Okay, I think we understand this, but it gets even crazier. The Holy Spirit, God, lives in you, in me. Notice verse 17. It says, the world cannot receive this Spirit, right, because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Now, this was before Jesus went to to, to heaven. Um, and so in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come and kind of rest on people. And so you, when you read in the Old Testament, you'll see, you know, David, beca- uh, the, the Spirit of God came on David, or it came on Samson, you know, to, to do those mighty things. The, the Holy Spirit only came on an individual for a brief portion of time to equip them f- to do a ministry which God had specifically appointed them to do. The, the amazing thing, and then Jesus came and he was with his disciples, right? But, but he promised, when we go, when I go, when I activate the new covenant, all of this changes, and instead, now the Holy Spirit will be in you. Okay, now, you're all standing there looking at me like, well, yes, of course, the Holy Spirit's in us. Yeah, but isn't that crazy? The very presence, if the presence of God has come to live in you, if uh, it sounds like, doesn't it sound like like new age crap? You need to realize the God potential within you. Like, no, whoa. If, if anybody else had said that to me other than Jesus, I wouldn't have believed it. God lives in you. But Jesus says it. He, he says it right here in black and white. Actually, it's red, right? It's, 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 it's the red letter. It's right there. The, this is audacious. This is outrageous. The Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God himself has come to live in you. If anybody else had said that, we would not have believed it. But you want to hear something even crazier? And Jonathan was making this point, and, and, and uh, I thought you were going to blow my message for a couple of weeks in a row. I was getting really annoyed at you. <laughs> but it's true. The Holy Spirit's better than Jesus. Like, come on, what? Now, now, now let's let, erase everything you've heard up to this point, which probably won't be hard, okay? Let's just start on a baseline. If at the point that you had received Jesus as Savior, somebody had come to you and said, okay, good, good, good. You're, you're a Christian now. Good job. Um, now, uh, you've got two choices. You can have uh, Jesus Christ himself come and live with you, okay? Just like the disciples, you know, come alongside you, you can teach him, you can hear his teaching, you can see his facial expression, you can see him engage with, with other people, you can see his heart of compassion, you can see his love, you can just, you just, just it'd be like, it'll be, he's your buddy for the rest of your life, you can have that, or you can have the Holy Spirit live within you. What would you choose? Hands down, I would choose Jesus being with me. I just would. Wouldn't that be cool to just like have a campfire with Jesus, like the disciples, and sit down and, and, and say, hey, Jesus, what do you think about, and, you know, and, and just hear him tell stories and watch him respond to temptation and, and listen to him compassionately minister. And, and, and it's like, that would be just so cool. But you know what? If we gave that choice 
To most Christians, we choose Jesus' physical presence, but you know who wouldn't? Jesus. Now, now, I got something better for you. I've got the Holy Spirit. And he won't, he won't be with you. He will live in you. Okay, now I got, I got to tell you, I am still in Holy Spirit 101. And probably you listening to this, you're saying, I, I am too. I, I don't understand exactly how that actuates or how that makes a difference. But, but the fact of the matter is, is that Jesus has now come to live inside of us through the person of the Holy Spirit. Up until this point, Jesus said, I'm going to be with you, but things are really going to get good when I'm in you. So, you need help? God is literally a breath away. You feel taken with temptation. Jesus says, I am there with you physically in your body. Do you ever feel alone or confused or powerless? I am inseparably united with your spirit. I am in you. You know, that is, that's why when we fall, when we fall into temptation and do, uh, and, and, you know, do something wrong, even, even the pleasurable sin, whatever that might be, you know why it feels so lousy afterwards? Because God's in you. And you've just done something that's fundamentally incompatible with who God's made you to be. The Spirit of God rises up and says, no. And you feel guilty and you feel horrible. It's like, oh, that was terrible. But at the point of salvation, our spirit, we talked about this at, uh, at the first Sunday, our spirit was inseparably and eternally united with God's spirit. The, the spirit of God is in us. Now that, that's power. Now, the greatest tactic of the enemy is to cause you to forget that your body is the container of God. It's the greatest tactic. If he can get you to forget that, and the enemy is expert at devising tactics to distract you from what is eternally true. We have the resurrection power of Jesus inside of us. All of the power of the universe. 2 Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for, for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. The Holy Spirit lives within us and he is the power, power plant of the Christian life. Now let me ask you this. For most of us, this will be a rhetorical question. Do you find yourself sometimes exhausted by the Christian life? Man, there's so much to... So, so much to do. Do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. Go here, go there, smile, don't frown, sit, stand, kneel, bow, teach, preach, sing, pray, wait, rejoice, trust, listen, speak, share, witness, reach, give, go. I'm exhausted. You know why that is? It's because so much of the time we are living life in our own strength in our own power. And right, right inside us, God has placed a power plant called the Holy Spirit. My father-in-law, when he turned 70, he had this, uh, he decided to give himself a gift. And so he went out with minimal support from my mother-in-law 
and purchased a Corvette. <laughs> we thought they were going to get a divorce, I kid you not. <laughs> Guys, don't do that just unilaterally, please. You know? He loved that car. It's fundamentally wrong for a 70-year-old man to have a Corvette. Because they're built two inches off the ground, you know, and just he could hardly get in the thing. And and me, a, a young man, I, I can't afford it. Like, Dad, I'll you need me to like, blow out some carbon for you, take it for a spin. He let me drive it once. But can you imagine, Dad Schistler comes visiting us from Montgomery County, driving his Corvette. But man, he is late. What's going on? And we see, and I look out the window, hey, Dad's here. And he's pushing the Corvette. It's like, Dad, it's got a 350 V8, you know, with a positronic flux capacitor, right? I don't know. Look, come on, man. Use the engine. That's where a lot of us are in relation to the spiritual life. The reason that we find Christianity so exhausting is because we're pushing the Corvette. The Corvette's got a fine engine in it. We just got to start it up and use it. And that is the Holy Spirit. Now, this, 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 uh, this next verse has rocked my world, and I want it to rock yours. And this is uh, one of my favorite illustrations. I'll, I'll probably use it a lot around here. But just, just drop down another, another few verses. In John 14, verse 20, Jesus says, When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So let's, let's put this together here. I've got a, a little illustration which I like to use. Um, here's an envelope. This is you. Okay? Now, the first, the, let, let's do this in reverse order. Um, number one there, the Bible says, Jesus said, I am in you. Okay, do you believe that? Do you believe that? Jesus is in you? Okay, all right. So here we are, Jesus. Now, he's bigger than us, so I don't know how this works, but somehow he, he's in us. All right? So... We've got Jesus in us. Now, that's pretty cool. We're never alone. We never face a temptation that, by God's grace, we can't handle. He has given us the Holy Spirit within us. But the verse doesn't stop there. It goes on. Look, look, look at what it says next. And you are in me. So that means that Jesus is, we are in some way in Jesus, and that's that mysterious union we call uh, Christ, uh, being in Christ. And so here's Jesus. This verse also teaches not only is Jesus in me, but I am in Jesus. How cool was that? We've got a Jesus sandwich here, right? I mean, if we're Oreo cookies, we're the cream center, and Jesus is all around us. But the Bible doesn't stop there either. Look what it says. 
and I, Jesus says, am in my Father. So, in some amazing, mysterious way that we don't understand, Jesus is in God. Now, where are we? We're in there, man. See how this could change your world? I am in Jesus. Jesus is in me. And Jesus is in God. This is a place of amazing power and security. We are saints who are wrapped in a Jesus sandwich and placed into God. Now let me, now, now, now let me think about the worst thing that happened to you this week and how you responded. Uh, or, or maybe the worst thing that could happen to you, God forbid. If we realize who we are in Christ and where he has placed us, we are in an incredible place of security. Face, face a job loss? Hey, that, that's hard. That's tough. But you're in God. You've got this Jesus sandwich. Stand against temptation? Who of us can't stand against temptation if we realize where we are in Christ? You know? And I know in a church this size, you know, I, and I, I've mentioned this in a, in, in a, before, you know, the statistics tell us that, you know, I don't know, 60, 70 percent uh, of, of men struggle with pornography. Tell you what, if we realize, men, where we stand in God, man, the, the power of that is broken when we are in Christ. Say, man, I just, I just can't witness for Christ. I just don't know what... This is where we are. We are in Christ, and Christ is in God. Uh, I need to defeat an addiction. Your Jesus sandwich. I have cancer. It doesn't matter. We are still in Christ. Uh, one day we will all face the final battle, but we will do so being in Christ. This is how we are. This is who God has created us to be. This is the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And so we're going to tease this out over the next couple of weeks about this amazing gift that God has given us. The stone is in your mailbox, all right? Let's unpack all that God has for us in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Lord, as I share this message, I feel completely inadequate to express to my brothers and sisters all that you've done for us in Christ. Lord, you have given us so much, and, and we all feel like we're like beginning of this. Lord, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you have not left us alone. And Father, help us to live in the power of this Spirit today, comfortably tucked into our Jesus sandwich. There's nothing that we can face that God and I can't handle because Jesus is in me, I am in Jesus, and Jesus is in God. Lord, teach us what this means, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.